Well, hello, Godfest, and uh, sorry to not be with you, Heather, and I was so looking forward to being with you. And of course, here we are in the middle of lockdown and having to do everything via modern technology. So our love, our heart, our prayers are for you all. Pray that you're kept safe. Pray that you'll be knowing God's provision and protection at these times and that uh, we come out of these times knowing uh, such a closeness to God in all that we do together. Um, I was sent a video this week of a uh, submarine commander uh, who was instructing his crew before 87 days beneath the ocean and he gave them five R's. The five R's were routine, ritual, refreshment, retreat and respect. And uh, he said if they kept these, gave a little bit of instruction with each one, if they kept these, it would help them to stay sane as they were away from natural light and friends and loved ones for such a long period of time. And it was good advice in lockdown, good advice for survival. And uh, I don't know about you, but you heard many people say, oh, will the church survive the lockdown? Uh, I believe we won't just survive it. I believe we're called to thrive in it. I believe if you think of Corona as a wave, we are not called as Christians to duck under the wave. We are called to surf it, to get on top and above the circumstances that are going on, all the fear, all the trouble, the shortages, all the death and disease, and to be in the light of God's presence and finding God's power and his purpose in the midst of it and so that's my prayer for you over this time and it gives us all an opportunity to draw back into the very basics of our Christian life we can't go on holidays we can't do the things we love doing getting out out and about doing our hobbies we all seem to be finding this confinement and it can be frustrating but I want to encourage you not to waste this time but indeed to grab hold of this opportunity and to go back to our very basic roots of our faith. It's one of the reasons I'm doing daily videos uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, because I believe we need to go back to the very essence of what we're called to be upon planet Earth, what the kingdom of God really looks like and how that affects us before it affects the world. One of the key ingredients, I think, one of the wake-up calls that the church uh, wider than Commission, wider than New Frontiers is feeling at this point in time in our history is that this is a wake-up call for you and I, for individual believers, to go back to the very basics of prayer. And I'm going to read a, a portion of Scripture, a very well-known portion of Scripture, and unpack that a little bit for you this morning. And the Scripture will come up on your screen, but it's found in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to start reading from verse 5. It says this, When you pray, Jesus says, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, 
for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want to suggest to you the normal Christian life is made up like the normal life of three square meals a day. We all know we start with breakfast, we have our lunch, and then in the evening many of us have our dinner. And I believe that Jesus gives a pattern for every believer to know how very practically to pray. So rather than a preaching sermon, teaching sermon this morning, we're in my bedroom and I want to give you a bit of Guy Miller discipleship to try and encourage you and me to know how to draw aside and to pray as Jesus desperately wants his disciples to do. And so let's begin with what does it look like breakfast? What does it look like for me having breakfast? What are the rituals, if you like, what are the routines that I in my life have laid in that are a framework for me to help me to pray on a daily basis? And I want you to know, first of all, there are five R's for my morning routine. The first R is this. Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, be in secret with your father. So my routine in the morning isn't to lie in bed and try and pray. Oh, Lord, I just want to pray. If I do that, I know sleep will always win. So I have to get up, I have to brush my teeth, I have to get myself in a place where I can sit and read God's word. I retire to a place where I know that I can find God. It's away from distractions. I haven't got the phones, I haven't got the, the household waking up. And I sit or I kneel. By the way, kneeling is a wonderful little practical help. I don't know what it is about kneeling, whether it's the feeling of submission or whether it's uh, just all the thoughts that go with it. I find it a very helpful thing at times to kneel before God. So retire, find a place every day. For me, it's uh, six o'clock, I get up, set the alarm, uh, make myself a cup of tea, and then find a place to be quiet. The second R is to read. It is to read God's word. It is to take God's word like we've just read it and to repeat it to ourselves. Not just to read it once and or quickly read through a whole passage of scripture, but just to read it when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, repeating that oh, once, twice, maybe even three times, so that you're starting to hear Jesus speak these words. You're starting to understand something of what the scripture is saying. The third R is to reflect. What was the writer, the Jesus, the psalmist, whatever portion of scripture you're reading, what were they, 
when they spoke those words, when they wrote those words, what were people, what were they hoping people in their day, at that moment in time, what were they wanting those people to do? What were they expecting to see? Just reflect on what that would have looked like, contextualizing it to the people of their day. And what might we have seen those people doing when they went into their room, when they closed the door, when they prayed in this context? The fourth R is to respond. This is a really important thing. Not be, Jesus says, don't be hearers of the word alone, but be doers also. If we just hear the word of God, we, we can fall into a hypocrisy that we think we know what it is and we understand. We've heard great sermons on prayer, but we don't pray. We don't actually do it. And so responding to this, if I'm reading this as, as my quiet time this morning, as my time with God this morning, I would be praying, Lord, help me to get into those quiet places. Thank you, Lord, you are the God of the unseen. Thank you. It's not about what people think. It's not about what babbling like pagans. It's praying to a father who loves to hear my prayers. You respond, you pray out scripture. And the final R is you regurgitate. This is the morning routine. You, you write things down, you memorize verses. You, maybe you, you, you don't do this, but this is my prayer journal. In my prayer journal, I, 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 I make little notes. I draw little prophetic pictures, promises of God, what I've been doing, what I've been praying, what scriptures have come to mind. And also at the beginning of this journal, I have my list where I pray for church. We, Heather and I will pray every day for churches and for leaders and for situations, as well as other ministries and charities that are doing such great works across the nation. That's our morning routine. That's a time set aside that we have t our time with God. That's our breakfast, the five hours. What about lunch. Now most of us, London is like this particularly, most of us have our lunches on the hoof. <laughs> it's like grab a sandwich out of, of Marks and Spencer's, grab a coffee from Costa's and, and take a 10 minute break because we're busy, busy, we've got to keep busy, busy. But I want to encourage you and help you to do a routine that Heather and I try and do particularly when we've been in London these last few years, and that is to set your watch at whatever time you're going to have lunch and spend that first five, maybe ten minutes of that time praying the Lord's Prayer. Now, please hear this. You don't need to, Jesus says here, don't go on babbling like pagans. You don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard for their many words need to understand that's a really important instruction that Jesus is giving. We're, you can have some Christians go, I pray for an hour a day, I pray for three hours a day, five hours a day. It can just be all external, it can just be babbling. God wants us to find time to be with him in intimacy and not to get overly concerned that we, well, we only prayed for 10 minutes. So a lunchtime prayer for five or ten minutes, I want to encourage you, can make a world of difference to your life. 
and uh, people who have walked this way before us, others who have helped us and helped me in terms of my prayer life, call the lunchtime prayer the, the prayer of recollect. It's recognizing that by lunchtime on every day of our lives, there will be broken pieces all around us. There'll be hopes that we prayed at the beginning of the day already dashed. There'll be world situations that we were hoping we we're going to hear good news and actually it's been bad news. There's been situations, family situation news, and it feels like broken pottery, broken pottery. And the prayer of recollect is to gather all the broken pieces and to put them before our Father in heaven, to let him glue them all back together again, to help us to find his perspective on the world, on our own situation, on those we love. And so Jesus teaches us to pray a prayer, a wonderful prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It is a wonderful prayer just to pray in and of itself. You can do that straight after the, this message finishes. But it also contains five Ps which are really, really so helpful if you can just write these down in your journal, maybe write them down in your office above your desk, five Ps that you can do over five minutes. And the first one is praise. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Praise. The way in which we get into prayer, the way in which we come into the presence of God is we enter his courts with thanksgiving, we enter his courts with praise, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise because it's a wonderful way to begin to pray. And we don't pray to a God who is unknown, we pray to a God, Jesus says, who is our Father because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. We're not slaves, we're sons and daughters, and we can pray to a father, a good father in heaven, who wants to hear how his children are doing. And Jesus says, remind yourself that our father is in heaven, he is ruling and he is reigning, and that he is holy, hallowed be his name. He's not like us in, in terms of um, just caught up in the under the circumstances our God rules and reigns over the circumstances and he's good and he's righteous and he's holy we need to remind ourselves in the midst of COVID-19 what the enemy has meant for evil God can work it for our good God isn't the instigator of evil in this world he's a good God he's a holy God he's righteous in all that he does and hallowed be his name it's a wonderful thing. We're coming into your, your lunchtime, five minutes, the place to start. I've got a father in heaven. He's got a wonderful name. And sometimes you can, you can download this off the computer, but you can rehearse some of the names of God. Obviously, there's the very familiar ones we have in the Old Testament. But I love just taking something like Isaiah 9, 6 and talking about the names of Jesus. that You will call him Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Take, take a few minutes on that, that Jesus is our Prince of Peace, that Jesus is the Mighty God. And as you do that, you will strengthen your heart. And then you move from praise straight in to purpose. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we need on this one to remind ourselves 
it's not my will be done, it's God's will be done. We remind ourselves that it's not chaos out in the world, there is a ruling and reigning saviour. It's not the kingdom of this world is going to win, uh, win history's, uh, the end of history is going to be all about what evil has been done in the world. No, there is a king and a kingdom that is forcibly advancing in the world and we are part of that kingdom. And so we can pray over our circumstances, over our broken pieces of pottery, let your will be done. His good, pleasing, imperfect will. That's how we're to pray on a daily basis. The third P is to pray for provision. Give us today our daily bread. Very simple. Daily bread is an umbrella for our, our, our homes, our food, our clothing, uh, our drink, what we need in order to live, our work, and God is interested in that. Now, we don't have to babble like pagans. We don't have to try and twist God's arm about providing for us. He wants to provide. In the same way Jesus goes on to describe the, the flowers in the field and the birds of the air, God, our good Father, wants to provide for us. And he loves it when we request that, when we speak to him and say, Lord, I need today this provision. I need this answer to prayer. I need this breakthrough with my tax return, whatever it might be. I need a job. God loves it when we pray in very real and practical terms. Fifth P is penance or penitence. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Really important in any relationship, husband and wife relationship. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the, the, the devil a foothold. It's really important we keep short accounts with God. To get a daily routine like this at lunchtime is really helpful in terms of just saying, oh God, I lost my temper. Oh God, I, I looked at that uh, piece of gossip. I looked at that image and it just didn't do me any good at all. God, I'm sorry, I, I repent. I don't want to be like that knowing that God grants forgiveness to those who confess their sins. And the final P is protection. Deliver us from the evil and lead us not into temptation. We live in a fallen world. There are tripwires. There are, there are spiritual arrows being fired at us from the, the, the enemy of our souls. And we need to be clothed in, in spiritual uh, armor. We need to be lifting up shields of faith. We need to be wearing the right outfit in order to win this battle. Please, on your daily basis, as you pray the Lord's Prayer, remind yourselves you are in a battle. If you say, I'm finding this Christian life a bit hard, that's what it should be. We're swimming against the tide. We have the enemy who wants to destroy mankind and we are bringing in a kingdom, a new age on the earth. And it is a spiritual battle. And God says we need to learn how to pray to be how to be delivered, how to not fall into temptation. So that's easily five minutes, ten minutes you can do. Write them down, pray them, and do yourself good at lunchtime, the prayer of recollect. But let me finish by talking about how do you finish your day. Here we are back in bed, coming to the end of the day. Heather's here next to me. There are two things, that, two questions to ask yourself at the end of the day. You can do this together. You can, if you're a husband and wife, you can do this on your own or even do it around the meal table. Uh, I think we're missing something as Christians with the meal table. I, I love times together as a family, eating food and maybe doing this, what, this simple activity and, and praying into this simple activity. Here are the two questions to ask. 
Where did I meet God today? Where did you meet God today? Was it in that kindness of that stranger? Was it that unexpected gift through your letterbox? Was it just in that walk in the countryside? Where did I meet God today? Just draw your mind back to how you felt. Draw your mind back to that time of God on that moment and just rehearse it. Rehearse it to yourself, rehearse it to your family. Just remind yourself of the goodness of God. Second question is, where did I miss God today? Where was God prompting me and say, hey, go over to that big issue center. I'm just too busy. I haven't got time to stop. What about that little prompt in the article you read? You felt God prompting you. Why don't you send a gift? No, no, no I haven't got time to do that. We haven't got enough money to do that. Where did I miss God today? And when you find that place, just spend a, a prayer saying, God, I'm sorry I missed you there. Because there's always grace. Brothers and sisters, listen to this in God first. There's always grace for tomorrow. We're being changed from one degree of glory to the next. And as we finish a day, as we close out a day, and we say, well, I found God there. I didn't do so well there. Miss God at that moment. There is fresh grace to sleep and to start the new day with fresh faith and fresh energy. So as I conclude this message to you, um, when lockdown started, I had a number of Christians say to me, will there be a church at the end of lockdown? Good question. Will lockdown wipe out the church, the need for people going to church, people lose their faith in the middle of so much disease and death? I believe God wants us, the church, to not be the tail, but to be the head. I believe God doesn't want us to go under, but to actually surf this wave and to bring the hope, the wonderful, joyous hope of the gospel to our nation, to wake the nation up as we ourselves are being woken up to his presence. And using the the, the, the seafaring analogy, I, I, as I've been praying for you and praying for this message, I can see a twin-hulled boat. I know I brought a seafaring message before to, to God first, but I, I just see a catamaran and I feel one hull is beautifully made and constructed, but another one is, is being made even at this time of, sh of lockdown where different people are being engaged, different skills are being released. And God wants you to know you are a sailing boat that is, is gonna catch the wind like one of these these transatlantic massive yachts that tilt up and catch the wind. I believe there is the wind of God's spirit which is blowing and God is wanting to catch you up as a church for great purpose, great purpose in his, in, in his kingdom expansion. And so be expecting for more of you to get on board, all hands on deck, more of you to be involved, but doing church perhaps in a little bit of a different way, in a different edge and this twin hulled boat being caught by God's mighty wind to direct you into his purposes. I send you my love, my prayers. I hope as you contemplate and meditate on this message, it may help you in going deeper in your own prayer life. God bless you.